0: From be still, be free. It's the Bcast with Amber Miller, Sarah Godey, and Monica Steely. For more resources and information related to today's episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. Hello oh, and welcome to the Bee cast My name is Amber Miller and I'm here with Monica Steely and Sarah Gote. Good morning, ladies. Hi, thank you for joining me today. We're um, in the middle of our series, Be Well and Thrive. Uh, Week one, we discussed some personal stories about what it means to be well uh, and thrive. And last week, we were honored to have our special guest, Tracy Hurst, join us and talk about part one of depression, what depression looks like, what causes depression, and specifically how depression can affect women. Um, It was an awesome week, and as usual, Tracy just blew us away, and uh, we're very very excited to welcome her to the show again today. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, lady <laughs> and I wanted to give Monica an opportunity to talk a little bit about Tracy this week and um, who she is and what she does and kind of her platform and all of the amazing things she 's got going on.
1: Yeah, we did this the last time that Tracy was with us. Um, In Be Healthy, I gave a great intro, and we were just so excited last week to jump into the content that I did not do an appropriate job identifying (laughs) who Tracy was. So Tracy is a licensed professional counselor. She um, does this for a living down in Atlanta. She's a writer, an author, a speaker. She goes to conferences, and she is all about her heart is to encourage women and to help women be well and thrive, really. Um, Her website is TracyHurst.com, and she's just literally the salt of the earth and one of my most favorite people in the world. And so to have her back here talking with authority and expertise yes. about depression is just such a treat and a pleasure for Huge us here blessing. at B. So yes. thank you so much. Thank you, Tracy. Well,
2: thank you for having
1: me and I know um this is one of those
2: topics that tends to be more serious and so there may be a little bit less laughing today, but again, my heart is that women will understand what as I know Just briefly, we talked about that depression is anger turned inward and how as women, we are more likely to pull it within ourselves than to get it out. And so, you know, when we have depression, one of the things we need to talk about is how do we get it out? And as we talked last week, I just want to read, you know, redirect here in that we can write it out. We can exercise it out. We can pray it out and we can talk it out. But if we continue to hold it in, ladies, that's when depression is going to get worse. So, again, um, just think of yourself that you literally have bottled up emotions. Okay. Anger, disappointment, guilt, fear. And we need to get those emotions out. uh, Mind, body and spirit. And so. Number one, let's just acknowledge that depression is real. I think in our culture, so many people want to say, oh, you're just having a bad day. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and move on. Mm -hmm. But what we identified last week is that when depression is set in, we are not able to pull ourselves up and out. We're stuck. And the longer we stay stuck, the worse that we get. And so what I want to start out with, and I'd love to hear your heartbeat as well, is maybe you know struggling with depression, and maybe you're wondering, how can I help them?
0: Mm, yes, so, absolutely.
2: I think, you know, the first thing is love them and listen to them. And we can all do that. You know, we may not be able to counsel them out, but we can love them and listen to them and then secondly i would say listen to this podcast again and begin to really understand what depression is let them know there's hope you know when you're depressed the biggest thing is you think there's your life cannot get better but if you as their their person that loves them can say i'm so sorry you're struggling i love you so much but there is hope And that's when you guide them. Because sometimes they can't even think through what do they need to do. Mm -hmm. So you let them know of counselors in your area. You let them know, hey, go get a medical checkup. And I would say, as a friend, check on them daily or every other day. Um, If they're having suicidal thoughts and they have a plan, I'll make it very clear. Call 911. Do not delay. I have had to do this, and they may not be happy with you at first, but you save their life. If they're suicidal and they have a plan, you call 911, and of course, you pray for them and support them. But those are just some quick, um, practical application steps. If you have someone that's struggling, then here's some things that you can do even today to help your loved one.
1: And I would say, too, there's a lot of times that um, God will just bring somebody to your mind that may be struggling with depression, then you're not even aware of it. But just a simple text or phone call of, I'm just, th- you've been on my heart and I'm thinking about you, will uncover that and speak so much to that person. I mean, I've been on the receiving end of that from you and from other people. And I remember one time in a very deep time of depression, um, a woman from our church called and left me a message and she said you have just been so on my heart and i just really feel like god wanted me to tell you that jesus loves you and so i'm just going to sing that song to you and she left a voicemail singing jesus loves oh me this god. i know beautiful. so beautiful and it just was such a balm for that time of my life and where i was so seriously listen to the holy spirit mm. and follow through on those promptings because you never know what god's going to do with that oh, for somebody that's absolutely. hurting absolutely well, and it goes back to Proverbs that, you know,
2: um, a good word or a word of encouragement is life. And so what she gave you that day, Monica, is she literally said, there's life for you. God loves you. And that hope, that's the key is when we're depressed, we are hopeless and we're looking for hope. And so bringing hope and and you know, reaching out for hope is the hugest key. And I just want to let, let's just briefly talk about that. There's three kinds of depression and most people don't know this. The first one is major depressive disorder. And that's what most of us are familiar with. And that's when we ha- we struggle for at least two weeks with depressed mood We lose interest in activities, there's loss of energy, lack of concentration, we feel worthless, and we may even begin to have thoughts of death, okay? But the second one is bipolar, and I've, you know, unfortunately, I hear a lot of jokes about this, and, you know, oh, she's just bipolar, but it is a, it's, it impacts over 3% of our population. And these are true individuals who experience highs and lows. There's mania and hypomania. And let's just briefly with hypomania, it's four days of elevated mood where you have a grandiose self-esteem, decreased need for sleep, pressured speech. Remember that pressured speech and flight of ideas, and they can even have dangerous behaviors. One, one example is I had a client who didn't know she had bipolar, went to a grocery store, and literally stayed in the grocery store for four hours and you know, basically forgot about her whole life that she had. And so because of this experience, we were able then to diagnose her with bipolar. Wow. Can you tell me what pressured speech is? Pressured speech is when you are literally speaking double speed, where there's so much energy behind it, and it's so fast-paced. Now, there are individuals that have that speech all the time, (laughs) but you know someone, and so you would be able to notice for me, you know, and there's just so much energy behind it. And what happens, too, is you can actually move into what's called mania, where you have everything we just mentioned, but you also can have hallucinations. And I'm just going to give an example here because it's something we need to understand that it's very real. Uh, when I worked inpatient for... um a few years, there was a woman there who had bipolar. And so I saw the elevated self-esteem. I saw the pressured speech. I saw the flight of ideas. And then one day she came in for counseling and she believed that she wrote a famous book. She believed it with all of her heart. Now, this is a precious woman who loved God. But because of this disorder, she began to... Believe things that weren't even true. Now with bipolar and as a Christian counselor, that's the only diagnosis I've found where you you have to be on medication. And I'll just be real. And someone may disagree with me. But in all my years of counseling, when someone with bipolar takes their medicine regularly, they lead a normal life. And there's so much help there. Let
3: me ask you a quick question about this, Tracy. Um, We're talking about the person who suffers with the disorder. A minute ago, we were talking about things that we can do to help people with depression. And bipolar is a little different from depression, but even with depressive tendencies, when you're on the receiving end of someone's delusions, and um, you would probably consider that person to be a chronic liar... How do we deal with that person? What do we do when they're in that moment of delusion? How do we even convince them that they need to be getting help?
2: Well, that's a very difficult thing to address. But number one is when they're in that delusional state they probably will not be open, but we have to wait because again, with mania, it typically lasts seven days. So once they come down from the mania and they go immediately down into that very depressed state, that's when they're going to be open to get help. Now, let's say this, if they're in a mania or hypomania state and they're, and they're, you know, dangerous to themselves, you call 911 or take them to a local ER hospital and they will assess them there. And literally, if they are going to harm themselves or harm someone else, it's called a 1013 where they can be involuntarily checked in to a psychiatric hospital for 48 to 72 hours. They are assessed, they are put on medication and they will not be released until they're safe. And I think that's something that the public doesn't know about. And so if you're truly concerned about someone, then you you get them help immediately. Immediately. Okay, great that answers great. And it does, because
3: I find sometimes as women, we do sit around and listen to other people talk about their issues. And yet we don't know when we, or how we need to deal with that, or it becomes too much for us and we can't handle the negativity anymore. And so you have that disconnect and that move on. And there are a lot of women who may want to talk about their problems, but they don't ever really want to go and get the true help that they need. And so it It becomes a really bad tug of war and is unhealthy for both parties involved.
2: Yeah. And that's where a great boundary can be established. Basically, to ask them, are you seeing a professional counselor? And if they say yes, then you can say, this is definitely something I would encourage you to share with them. I would like to remain your, you set a boundary. I want to be your friend. So let's shift gears. You know, um, if they're not in counseling, that's when you can say, listen, I care about you and I would love for you to start seeing someone. So that can be your boundary that basically says, I don't want to be your counselor. I want to be your friend. Because, again, we can't be both. It comes down to you want to love them and support them. But that's what a loved one's supposed to do versus a counselor needs to address and even you know confront some of the things they may be struggling with. And they may not love their counselor for that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> um, and I know that there's a third type of depression that you're going to talk about. But I do want to jump back up to the first one real quick, the major depressive disorder. When you said that it's at least two weeks of those types of like you know depressed mood, lack of interest, blah blah blah, it's very shocking to me that it can be just two weeks. In just two weeks of these things, that's considered depression. And I would venture to say, because I've lived this in my own life, that there are so many women that have been experiencing these things for months and months, if not years, with not recognizing it as being depression. But it's just that two, the two weeks part is very eye opening to me.
2: Yeah. And again, there are different levels of depression. So you can have the major depressive disorder and it can be mild to moderate. And that's where you are able to function. You can come and go. You can go to work. But let's add this. At the end of the day, you are exhausted. You have no energy for yourself and for your family and so although you're able to function that's all you're doing there's no enjoyment of life and then you can move from mild to moderate to then moderate to severe and that's where depression comes but doesn't go so that's where it stays at least two weeks okay so the the mild to moderate for two weeks you're able to still function and do what you need to do. But when you reach the moderate to severe, that's when you are not able to do your normal daily activities. Um, and people begin to notice around you that something's wrong, your work is affected, you withdraw, you shut down. And let me add again, you cannot hear from God. You are literally, you feel God is so distant from you when you reach that level of moderate to severe. Um, And that's when you really need to get help. When you reach the moderate to severe, you have to get help or you go to the next level of severity where you may have to be hospitalized. And again, it's that analogy of the car breaking down. It may start off with you just need an oil change you know maybe your windshield wipers are you know you need to get those replaced but if you if you just keep ignoring it the mild things in the car it then gets worse and worse and worse and so when the check engine light comes on in your car what do we do immediately take, take it in broad and i would say when you begin to notice in your life you're losing enjoyment, your concentrations being impact, when the small things happen, take notice. Get help then because it will get worse. Don't let it get to the point where it did for me as a teenager, where I had so much hopelessness. I, ha- I was moderate to severe major depressive disorder where I thought about dying every single day day mm-hmm. but see if i gotten help earlier i wouldn't have reached that point and that's why i love that we're doing this today and talking about this subject because there is so much help there is so much healing but we have to move forward and acknowledge hey i think i may be struggling and mm-hmm. i don't get worse hmm.
1: can you talk about the um, third type of depression the dis? Dysimethia? Yeah. Because I have a feeling that there's a lot of people living here.
2: You know, this, no one knows. We hear so much about major depression. We hear so much about bipolar, but they, we do not hear about dysthymic disorder. And let me just say what this is, is a low grade chronic depression. And it impacts 2.6 of our population. And here's the unique part of dysthymia. There are no highs or lows in emotion. That's where you are consistently flat in emotion and effect. You, they never feel the extreme happiness that some of us feel, and they never feel the extreme sadness that some of us feel. And with my clients that have struggled with this, they are very frustrated, and they compare themselves. Why can't I feel joyful? Why can't I be as passionate, you know, um, as other people in my life? And let me just say, they get very irritated with us sanguines. They're like, really? And they think we're fake. They're like, that is so (laughs) not real. And what I say to them is, that makes complete sense to me, because for you, every day is ho-hum. And I think the, the hardest part, again, is they don't get to feel the elation of joy. And so helping my clients to understand, number one, this is a real disorder. Number two, you won't have the ups and downs, but there. let's look at the positive aspects to this. There's a lot of positive to it. And helping them just acknowledge that this is something they're struggling with, it helps them love themselves and accept themselves, if that makes sense. That, again, they don't have to have the ebbs and flows of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And to great that this is something that they will have the rest of their life. And also, like we said, explain your diagnosis to your loved ones mm. so they can better understand you.
0: Yeah. Tracy, you mentioned um, sanguine. Could you talk a little bit about the temperaments and how that affects depression?
2: You know, amazingly enough, um, I have found that there's certain temperaments that um, are more susceptible to depression than others. And I'll be interested to if any of you three see yourself in this. I know where I am. So... <laughs> The first one, uh, temperament, is the internally focused. When you only think of yourself, you are literally self-obsessed. Or the new key word you hear a lot is narcissistic. When depression, again, anger turned inward, and when we are so focused only on ourselves, we can't help but struggle with depression. Okay, because again, when we are, when we become an idol. And so when we're consumed with my thoughts, my feelings, how everything's impacting me, that is going to lead you to depression. And the key is to get outside of yourself and serve others and recognize that other people struggle too. The second temperament, and this is me, is the very sensitive temperament. I don't know, (laughs) Monica. (laughs) That's me too. I only know that because remember, I sent you this amazing assessment on the very sensitive personality. And I took this test, and I've sent it to many clients and friends, and we've all said that is so me. And there's so many positive parts to being sensitive. We're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're aware of the of how other people are feeling. Our empathy is high. But let me just tell you the cons, that we're very emotionally reactive to what others do or others say to us. So with that hyperactivity, there's a similarity to the internally focused, where we have constant anxiety of what people think of us, of how people are, you know, in, impacted by us. And that can lead us to depression. So the key is going to be, you all love this, to be and not do. You know, Set <laughs> that ba- that boundaries and recognize that you're only responsible for you and not someone else. Mm.
3: Ugh,
2: so yeah. good. About this one, anyone identify with this one? The perfectionist. <laughs> I just turned so I could look at Amber more clearly.
0: Okay, the
2: perfection perfectionist is the type. Okay. And they can tend to equate their personal worth with doing everything perfectly. Mm. Okay. Now, again, (laughs) and
3: yet take two, they are both looking at me.
2: (laughs) So the thing about it is let's just be real. The world functions better with some of these these type A perfectionist personalities. I mean, we want a perfectionist to build our bridge that we drive over every day. Amen. You know, we <laughs> need these type of people. But the struggle is that there's often unrealistic standards that they put for themselves, usually sometimes for others. And sometimes their standards can be higher than God's. And so Continually, they feel like failures. They're continually on that performance treadmill. And so they're critical, they're anxious, and never satisfied. And so that can lead them to depression, you know. And so, again, coming back to, hey, your worth is in who you are, not what you do. Be yourself, be with God. Don't, you don't have to perform for Him. He performed everything on the cross for you. Amen, sister. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> the last temperament is all four of us. Are you ready? It's the called, and it's every woman listening to this podcast because we're all called. Ephesians 2 10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, every woman within listening ear, I'm here to tell you, you are called. But when you're called, There's an enemy, and his name is Satan, and he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He loves to target pastors. He loves to target women and men in ministry. He targets Christian marriages. He targets friendships and ministries, okay? And the devil loves depression. But listen, what he doesn't understand is that God's love pulls us out Mm -hmm. every time. You know, Psalm 40, I love it. It says, I wait expectantly for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, and that is depression. Out of the miry clay, that's negative thinking. And he set my feet upon a rock, that's Jesus. And established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And that has been my story. Whenever I have the opportunity to give my testimony, I let women know where I've been, but what God has done, that he can pull us out of the pit, and literally put a new song in our mouth. And so no matter if you're struggling, no matter the level of depression you're struggling with, there's hope, and God will pull you out. And I would say
0: reach out for help. Reach out for help.
1: Oh, Absolutely.
0: Amen. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, you have been a huge blessing to us and encouragement and inspiration, and we just love you so much. You're a huge friend of the podcast, and we just so appreciate you taking the time out to join us, join us today.
2: Thank you for having me, ladies.
0: Absolutely. Well, will you pray us out before we go, Tracy?
2: I'd love to. Father, I thank you that you are greater than depression. Father, I thank you that the name of Jesus and every knee must bow. So Father, I lift up every person and even those that they love that may be struggling with depression at this time. Father, will you uh, pull them out of that pit Father, will you begin to change the way they think that, Lord, they would um, get professional counseling if if it's needed, Lord, that they would even um, get medication and antidepressant if if it's needed, Lord, Father, that they would read books and, and resources and understand that depression is a real thing, God, that it's okay, and that, Lord, when they reach out for help, Lord, that they will not only Um, be able to cope, but they will overcome. So Jesus, again, will you just move mightily in the women's lives that are listening today? Father, we thank you that you are greater and that nothing is impossible with you. God, you've done it in my life. You've taken me out of depression and you've brought great joy and satisfaction. And so, Father, I'm asking that you do that for every woman listening today. Father, I thank you for this B podcast. I thank you for uh, Amber. I thank you for Sarah and Monica and their lives that they give to all of us. And so, God, will you continue to bless this podcast? And we thank you for being with us today in in Jesus' name, amen. amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the B-Cast. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Be Still, Be Free. And of course, check out our website, www.bestillbefree.com.